there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. So, an Andorman and yet borderland trained? Or is it water trained? Barthanis's eyes narrowed, studying Rand. I understand Morgase has only one son, named Gowan, I have heard. You must be much like him in age. Barthanis, Chapter 32, The Great Hunt. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalon, a Wheel of Time podcast. We are back at it today and doing chapters 29 through 32. We are about to meet the Shanchen again. Yeah, yeah. So chapter 29 is titled Shanchen. So we know they're going to show up, but it starts out instead with Joffrey Bornhold and his legion of white cloaks. And they are still along the edge of Almuth Plain, it seems like. And his men keep getting kind of like redirected to other places. And he feels really confused about everything that's happening. But he has like one directive and it is to obey the questioners. So he's doing his best to do that, but he is certainly being tried, especially when they come into this village and there are 30 bodies hanging from a hastily constructed gibbet. Is that what they're called? I don't know. It's, it's a long stick that's held up and they hung a bunch of bodies from it, which is really painful to think about. It just is. And especially Bornhold, there's children. Like I was going to say, Bornhold notices that some of the bodies are very small and they must be children and they are. And the thing that kind of just kills me about this is he's outraged by it for a second, but then he's like, I have more important things to think about than the overzealousness of some questioners. And I'm like, Hanging 30 people is overzealousness? This is just going to get dismissed and you're going to... All right. What kind of guy are you? Are there no war crimes in Ranland? I mean... I don't know. Or restrictions or retaliations. I don't know. The White Cloaks are just one of the the worst groups. They're just one of the worst groups. But Joffrim is kind of like... On the light end of this, he's pretty much making himself an enemy of the questioners for the things and questions he is asking. Yeah. And, like, it it comes back and kind of bites him in the butt right here, where one of the children who is traveling with the questioners who are under the command of Joachim Carradine and when this child of the light arrives, he's not wearing a white cloak. He's wearing a cloak that has Domani cut. And so we see that the questioners are using disguises when they go into these villages and just choose people to string up. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically just like 
going down the line and cowing every village into acquiescence. You know what I just remembered? Mm. In Eye of the World, when we had the red versus white gangs in Camelin, mm-hmm. I questioned if perhaps some of the white were children of the light in disguises mm-hmm. to perhaps inflame yeah. the city. So if they're already, you know, you know, if they're already wearing disguises now, it's a possibility. Ooh, yeah. Good point. Good point. And of course, white would be easy enough for them to put on. Right? Yeah. You know, it's their color anyway. So, yeah, very questionable things are happening. There's obviously a divide in, like, how one group of white cloaks approaches the situation versus the other group of white cloaks. But this disguised child of the light tells Bornhold that he's real sorry, but he has to go to the center of Almuth Plain. Like, you just need to go. You're in the way, and bye. And Bornhold just kind of accepts it. Like, he doesn't really have much of an option outside of potentially open mutiny. And during this whole time, we're hearing how these villagers are also scared because of the strangers that are there. And yeah, strangers, strangers, strangers. <laughs> so right? excited. <laughs> Well, Bornhold just kind of dismisses it. He's like, meh, like, I don't believe the babble that comes from your mouth that these are people who think they are the descendants of Arthur Hawkwing. Like, everyone must be crazy. And so he tries questioning someone from the village who has survived, and whatever happens in that conversation happens because that's the end of the White Cloak section. And now we move over. To the Sean Chen section, was there anything in the White Cloak section that you wanted to touch on before I moved on? Because there are so many things happening in these chapters. Just the fact that the White Cloaks are wearing disguises, they are up to something that seems to be a different order from the Lord Captain Commander of the White Cloaks versus the Questioners. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we have a divide here. We know why. New readers mm-hmm. might not know exactly why, but it's something that you'll have to pay close attention to as you go on because there is some tomfoolery happening and there's a reason this is happening. And yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, political goody time when it comes to like white cloaks and what's happening and i mean it's almost more so when we move over to the shan chan because if the white cloaks are complicated <laughs> yeah the shan chan are just like thinking about their hierarchy makes me feel kind of dizzy because it's just so layered and complicated so we move away from the white cloaks on land, and we are now on the spray with Captain Bale Dolman. And yes, I'm excited that he's back, but he's trying to like outrun this Sean Chen shit. This <laughs> the Sean Chen shit. <laughs> the the Sean Chen chip 
Shunchenship. Shunchenship. God damn. It uh, is hard, isn't it? It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. But he's trying to outrun them. He's heard about them, but then a burst of water like comes off from the side of his boat where he's trying to like maneuver away from this ship. And he what does he do? Does he like stop? He tries to take his ship to the shallows mm-hmm. because he knows this other ship that's pursuing him can't, can't has like a lower hull it. so like they can't make it that close to the shallows and yeah they do something unexpected <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like that big spray of water which i mean for someone from the westlands to have that happen. Wait, and yours it was water and mine. Isn't it? And mine they shot fire. At him? At the yeah, like they they were using the Domine to shoot flames. Maybe I read it wrong. They just were like went through like flamethrower mode and scared him into not fleeing. Okay, so what mine says he was raising the glass to see what he could make out on the nearing Shanshan decks when, with a roar, the surface of the sea broke into fountaining water and flame not a hundred paces from his larboard side. So we're both right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had the fire part, I had the water part. We're both right. <laughs> I mean... I still don't understand how you can make fire and water work together, mm-hmm. but sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, too, because, like, he mentions that he looks over the side. Uh, the sea bubbled and steamed as if boiling. And he's got fireworks on his ship. Like, oh my his, God, his right, whole ship is full that. of fireworks, so he's scared. <laughs> So he makes the decision, you know, after this, like, display of power to, like, down the sails. And he's like, let's, before they decide to destroy us, let's make them think that we're no longer trying to escape. So then, like, a longboat comes over from the Shanchen ship. They board the spray. And Doman realizes that, like, the rumors that he'd heard, the Shanchen had kind of, like, an insect-like look to them. Mm-hmm. He's understanding now, seeing their armor and what it looks like. And someone who is obviously the captain walks out to him, and he is surprised that it is a woman. Yeah, she takes off her bug-like helmet, and he's like, oh, Oh, you're a lady with light blue eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I question like what it says about a culture, a society like the Shanchen that they have slavery and gender equality, like at the same time. I don't understand how that works. It's so like, it's like people that are like, we need more Uber billionaire CEO women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's also something interesting too. Someone takes over from her 
like takes her dom dom you say it different than I do. Domine uh-huh. has lightning bolts on their armor or whatever. Uh-huh. And I got very SS secret police style mm. wardrobe ideas from that. Like the kind you know, like the SS that looks like yep. lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. Just wonder if that was on purpose or not. Shanchen Secret Service. Well, yeah, it's like, is there, I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're pretty fascist, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel as though Captain Aginan, because Domin addresses her as my lady. Like, that's the first, because he's not sure. He doesn't know what to call her. Yeah, he's like. I don't, I don't, I, my lady, does that work? And she's like, I'm not of the blood yet. And like, everything about her just screams ambitious, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she's showing off the fact that she has a domine, and like, usually they're reserved for the blood. And she's like, I'm not part of the blood yet. You know, like she has aspirations. She is Yeah, in... she even she even starts giving gifts on Yep. That she has stolen, I guess. Stolen. So that's how I usually do gift giving. <laughs> um... Hi, I stole this thing. <laughs> it's for you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever done that. Um I don't want to take too much time with the Shanchen because we did a Shanchen video and they're going to be a part of the story for a very long time. So the main thing that I really kind of just wanted to get across is that like we have this hatred towards women who can channel. We have people who are doing the whole social climbing, whatever it is, through Captain Aginan. Uh She decides that Bale is worth leaving alive. And they're going to escort him back to Falme, where he can reach or he can have like his boat searched, blah, 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 and swear the oaths if he really is. I love when he shows up in Falma and he's counting the Shanchen ships and he gets to 100 and has to stop because there's so many. So does that mean like half of the 500 are probably in Falma? Hanging out. Yeah. It's a good possibility. That's cool. I mean, TV yeah, show, you better deliver. Like, I yeah, want I want to see the fleet. <laughs> and all of the other little boats scuttling around. Yeah, you know? the long boats. Because, like, he's, he's observing the fact that there are boats that look like they're traders that are Westland's boats that are coming in and out of the harbor as well as the big Shanshan ships that we see. So it's... He's kind of like taken by surprise because even though it looks as though a military invasion has happened and is taking root, there's also obviously just like people who had been there who still traded there Mm -hmm. who were coming in and out of there. So he starts to feel like hopeful that they really are just going to acknowledge the fact that he's a simple trader and let him go back on his way. And of course, you just can't get too hopeful in the wheel of time that things are going to be okay and they do the search oh i did i did want to mention when they're coming into fall may and they see 
the towers of the watcher over the waves and there's a man hanging in a cage from one of them and Bale is like, what happened? And the Shan Chen soldier who's on his ship says they watched for the wrong thing and forgot when they should have been remembering. And that made me think of when Moraine was hanging out with Van Deen and they were talking and Van Deen was like, look at all of the things that you're trying to research. And like one of the things that she points out is the watchers over the waves and the disagreement that they have, her and Adelius, Adelius, Adelius? I say uh, Adelius. <laughs> Adelius. Okay. I was trying to remember how you said it. So they have a disagreement on this because Van Deen feels as though it is a direct reference to the Hawkwing Empire. And so she keeps an, like, an ear out already for news from there. And Moraine is like, is there any tie to the Dragon Reborn? Right. Singular focus. <laughs> yeah. I really liked it, though. I'd never kind of caught all of those things that got pulled together. That's a very and, like, awesome catch. Thank you. Thank you. Because, I mean, what, how the Shantan replies indicates that Van Deen is right. You know what I mean? So what do you think that they were supposed to be watching for? For Arthur Hawkwing's armies to be coming back for the reestablishment <laughs> of the Hawkwing Empire? That's what I think. That's that... what I think they're, they're expecting. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they just show up and they're like, wait, you're the you watcher? Forgot? Like, yeah. it's us. It's us. Yeah. We're back. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, don't, this is... <laughs> I don't know what you are. <laughs> Yes. No, that's the point. That's the next thing that I actually wanted to touch on. Because, like, for me, this this chapter was not so much about, like, what happened as it was the things that it made me think of. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, is it just me or is it weird that the returning armies of Hawkwing thought that there were still might be a remnant of Hawkwing's empire left in the Westlands? Like... I went and looked at, like, the time period and everything, and it's been at least a thousand years since the army left. It's kind of amazing that they were actually able to establish, maintain the, the social structure that they have, let alone expect to come back to the Westlands mm-hmm. and have it still be united as one nation and be like, right. we've been waiting for you this whole time. Right. And they're all like, you guys forgot. Like, the Shanchen are surprised that these people have not somehow held on to their oaths to Archer Hawkway. Why? Well, they don't want to talk bad about our friends, the Shanchen. Oh, please do. <laughs> please do. They deserve it. But, I mean, when we... Oh, how do I do this without spoilers? There are things within their culture that should be incredibly clear and they don't see it like they're completely oblivious to it mm-hmm. they're also kind of like a one-track mind like what we don't really know what they were doing in Shan Chen for these right. past 1000 years yeah has this been their singular focus and they've right. put everything that they've got into this one thing and now yeah. They've done it, and people are like, 
yeah, never heard of you. Sorry. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, how infuriating (laughs) would it be? Like, you've been working towards this group effort. This is like colonizing Mars, you know? Like, they've been putting forth all of their resources into one thing. Yep. Total, like, let's do this singular focus. They get there and people just look at them like they have you know yep. three like three eyes or three heads yeah. like we don't know fair. yeah yeah <laughs> we I don't mean, know considering... what you are who you are yeah. and we frankly don't care <laughs> right and so but damn you're scary <laughs> yeah yeah they, they don't care until they see that oh shit like they have channelers on board their ships they are collared and they are creating fire and lightning and waves so yeah it is what it is it's just what it's just wild to me like for me it's kind of like it's kind of like if there was a hidden secret super amped up roman empire hiding somewhere and they all came back and were like surprise bitches <laughs> they just pop out of Italy, nowhere taking that back we're spreading <laughs> that way towards the east and north forgot about us taking it back roman empire style that's what it makes me think of you know like and of course anyone living would be like so yeah we've heard of you but what what the fuck does that mean for what's happening in my life now? Yeah. Why are you here? What? I'm sorry. Like, it's just to me, the thought is they left the Westlands, they get to Shanchen, and like you said, it's everyone who's like, someday we'll reclaim the Westlands and everyone. Yeah. It's, it's like Bobby Draper looking at that, ex- that section on Mars and being like, show me what it looks like in a hundred years. And having this idea that's like someday, even if it's mm-hmm. not for me, it'll be my children. Right. So that kept them united. The Westlands after Arthur Hawkwing died, just like fragmented and fragmented and then became the nations that we acknowledge and know now, but none of them would acknowledge a singular ruler over the entire group of the Westlands. You know, mm, that's just no. not, that's why it has too to much, be a battle. Yeah. Too much time has passed. And right. Frankly, the world just doesn't work that way. Nope. So wrapping up the chapter, Bill Doman has fancy old stuff in his ship. And something that Queen is in there. Are. Queen yeah. are. And a very, very specific piece of Queen DR. So Captain Aginan has this wrapped parcel in her hand, and they head off to see a lord. And Doman is seeing all of the crazy stuff that's happening because the Shanchen are there, including weird beasts and merchants with swords like he wasn't expecting it but the shanchen are like in order for trade to happen they have to be able to defend themselves they've taken their oaths we now trust them which seems very weird to me regardless they go they meet the lord and turok is like "Ooh, i love queen dilar look at all of the stuff that i have i'm keeping this bail says that there's enough queen dr there for like a small kingdom yeah 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 a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. It's a lot. 
But Lord Turok decides that since Doman is a collector, he must be an interesting person to have around and is like, you're staying here with me, buddy. We're going to hang out, be friends, and talk. What do you think of my servants and this weird cough that I'm drinking? My fancy blue nails. There's just so much weird happening with the Sean Chen. My fancy two blue nails. Isn't that just like the weirdest? uh, You know what? When I was younger, I was like, what would it take to have Sean Chen nails? Should I give myself Sean Chen nails? I've never done it. (laughs) Maybe someday. But yeah, that's how that chapter wraps up. Did you have anything you wanted to add from that chapter? Because it was a really intense chapter. I do not. Okay, great. Then let's... Chapter 30, Dust de Mar. So, Rand and company are at the inn following the events of the Illuminators chapter house, almost catching fire, and <laughs> Trollocs chasing them and blocking their way, Celine fucking off to God knows where. <laughs> it just disappears. I love it. She's so annoying. <laughs> um... So the innkeeper arrives with more invitations, but this time it is from King Galdrian and Lord Barthanus, who are two very opposing leaders. The king is threatened by Barthanus and vice versa. So Rand is dealt with kind of this question, like, what does he do now? Mm-hmm. This time he doesn't burn them in the fire. Mm-hmm. so. This kind of leads the people in the common room to believe that mm. he's he's taking his time opening them. So now there's a bit of a mystery and I can hear everyone whispering. And <laughs> so <laughs> Rand is getting a little bit better at playing the game of houses. He didn't just mm. off right, you know, throw him in the fire and right. do that thing. Mm-hmm. So. They are essentially trapped in the city with Fane and Trollocs out there somewhere waiting. So Rand goes to the guardhouse to see if perhaps Lord Ingtar or Selene have been seen entering the city. Mm -hmm. And Huron stays behind to guard the horn. So Mm -hmm. the man at the guardhouse says he has neither seen (laughs) Selene or Ingtar. Uh-huh. And after this happens, Rand spots Captain Caldewin, who is one of the mm-hmm. soldiers that he rode into Kyrian with. Uh-huh. And before he can say anything, he's like, hey, like, have you seen Caldewin? And the guy was like, nope, haven't seen him either. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously this man working at the guardhouse is a huge liar. So right. Rand knows he can't be trusted. So they leave and Loyal spots a fire. Rand pretty much knows at this point it's a dark friend and rushes to it, deducing that Huron is in danger and he is correct. Yep. The Defender of the Dragonwall Inn is burning. Rand and Loyal make their way in. Huron has been knocked unconscious by a blow to the head and the horn is gone. So Loyal pulls Huron out. And before Rand can leave, he has this inner dilemma of like, I could just let the banner and everything else burn. And he's kind of tempted, but then he's like, no, I got to go back. So he goes back in and he grabs the flute 
from Tom mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. saddlebags. Mm-hmm. And of course, within the saddlebags is the banner for the dragon. And I'm mm-hmm. really glad that the flute made it. Uh, I had asked last week, do we know how long this flute lasts? (laughs) And that could have been it, but it wasn't. No, saved from the flames. Exactly. So Rand exits and makes his way out where a woman is kind of like cleaning Huron up a bit. They're all covered in soot and they're a mess. And Huron is obviously very injured and needs healing fast so rand is like i need a wisdom and everyone kind of just looks at him like what and he's like i don't know a healer whatever you call them i don't know what it's called here yeah and some woman kind of steps out from the crowd and she's like i'm a reader and i think something in his head is broken (laughs) right and Rand hears his name, turns around, he sees Matt and Perrin and Ingtar, and he feels a shiver and realizes it's too late. The horn and the dagger are gone. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Good sound effects. I appreciate that. So, chapter 31 is on the scent. Rand is basically borderline hysterical at this moment. Like Matt, Perrin, Varen, uh, Lord Ingtar, the people he has been waiting for to rescue him have shown up. And this has got to be like a fuck my life moment. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, instead of crying or breaking down, he just starts laughing like right? a maniac. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I would do I the would too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I constantly laugh at inappropriate moments. So I actually feel as though this is an appropriate reaction. <laughs> Like, how ironically awful is this moment that everyone he was waiting for, except for Varen, is there in front of him. And Varen rushes over, and she looks worried and a little afraid. And I think, you know, she's probably concerned about Rand's sanity, because... Of course she, she knows. Is. She yeah. knows! Yeah, like, he, he mentions later in the chapter, she's one of three Aes Sedai he feels he can trust to not, like, gentle him or try to like take him off to the tower or something and feels kind of foolish to trust nice to die but hey if it comforts rand whatever so she heals rand she doesn't even ask for permission i find that really annoying about a lot of the ice die who just like rush in and heal without asking if it's okay but all right um <laughs> Can you imagine, like, paper cut, like, a whole team of ice that I rush in? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just, it, I'm glad they're there. I'm glad that they can do it. But there is, like, a toll on the person who's being healed. So I think, like, maybe you should ask them first. Regardless. So Varen goes over. Heron is super injured. But ta-da, she's Aes Sedai, heals him. The crowd around begins to recognize that there is an Aes Sedai in their presence. <laughs> I they thought start... you were going to say, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. No, they don't give a fuck about her, and they were going to let that poor guy die. Yeah. But an Aes Sedai, like, definitely has, like, raised everyone's eyebrows and whatnot. And I feel like at this point, Rand has just stopped caring about anything secret. And, like... He tells Matt he's lost the dagger, and Matt is actually 
oddly okay with it. I really appreciate that he like reasons it out and is like, well, I didn't know you had it. It's not like I had it and then it was lost again. So he maintains his hope. And I actually Yeah, I he's like pretty that. chill about it. Yeah. Like we don't get a lot with Matt. And these little glimpses are things that I think kind of like wheedle their way into like making him a beloved character, at least for me. Anyway, I don't know how everybody else feels about him. The funniest part about this, the part that just kills me, is even though there is an actual lord and an Aes Sedai who is approximately 150 years old, Rand, the under 20-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. Takes control of the entire situation. And is like, we need to find some place to talk. Do you guys have rooms? No, but you know of an inn. All right, cool. Let's all go there. And he's like strategizing and whatnot. And then he's like, oh, Angtar, I'm sorry. sorry. I've just gotten, yeah, I've just gotten used to being in charge. And instead of them being like, you know what? It's cool that that happened when it was just you and an Ogier and a sniffer. But now it's like a big deal. So let the grownups take care of this. No, they're all just like, it's okay. Angtar <laughs> is almost like, you know, at least you touched the horn. I haven't even gotten that far. The Amarillin mm-hmm. should have left you in charge in the first place. No, she shouldn't have, Inktar. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get your shit together. So somehow, Rand is now in charge of this posse. They all go to the inn that Varen suggests. Rand gets to take a bath and clean up and realizes that all of the coats that he has left in his saddlebags are just as fancy as the one that he had taken off. And so he has to go walking around all fancy looking down to where Varen has a ta- like a private dining room for them. So mm-hmm. he enters, and when he enters, it flips POV to Perrin, which, hooray! <laughs> I am so glad that Robert Jordan has started doing this within same chapters now, yes. like even between people in the same group. Yep. Like the other chapter, we go from Jaw from Bornhall to Bale Domen in two separate locations. Yeah. Which is cool. But now we're having people that are in the same group in the same location and we're jumping between them. And yeah, it is refreshing. It really is. And one of the things that I made note of is that we get to see the changes other characters are going through through the eyes of other characters. So Perrin, throughout this, this section in the chapter, makes note of how much Rand has changed. Like, he seems to suit the fancy coat that he's wearing, and he's not as nervous in front of the lords and the Aes Sedai. And, like, Varen at one point is even like, just talk to people the way that you've been talking to me, you disrespectful young man, and <laughs> everything will be fine. disrespectful little jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Basically. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely calls him out on it, and I'm glad that she does, but it doesn't really seem to change a whole lot. I don't even think that he really, like, notices either what's implied behind that statement. No, (laughs) no. I don't think he quite gets it. Yeah, he's like, oh, just tips on how to do things in the future. Got it. Thanks. I'll keep that in mind, maybe. (laughs) The whole, like, Rand is in charge thing just, like, kills me. But we're at parents' point of view. They are deciding what to do next. They also want to know, like, how Rand arrived there, like, almost a week ahead of them. Varen was like, you would have had to fly. And Perrin's like, well, I don't see any feathers or whatever. 
they did some they did like a similar thing in the show too where matt was like well i don't see any feathers on any of you guys so you can't be the dragon reborn you know <laughs> and i was like oh that's fun i really like it when little things like that pop up the the ultimate decision that comes across happens after Hearn comes back he had felt well enough after his healing to go track down the scent of the dark friends who have taken the horn and lo and behold it is to the new manor that lord barthenis has built for himself and it has gone inside the fairly fortress sounding manor house like it definitely sounds like it can kind of hold its own if it were under attack so of course they're like, well, I guess we'll not have to figure out how to get into his house because there's no way we can just like jump the walls and everything will be okay. And Varen's like, well, don't worry, I'm an ice die. I'm sure we'll have an invitation in a day or two. And Hearn is like, but well, Lord, but Lord, but Lord, but Lord, but Lord. <laughs> so cute. Oh, Hearn. So he's like, we already have an invitation. And Varen's like, well, how about that? And do you think Varen was a little bit disappointed, like, drats? I wasn't, the, <laughs> I wasn't the one to save the day. I mean, maybe. I think, I think she was probably more intrigued by the fact that Rand had that invitation in the first place. I'm surprised Loyal wasn't like, to Varen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one brings it up, but web of destiny, everyone. Yeah. Caught in it. Yeah. There's so much going on in these chapters. There's so much going on in these chapters, and I've just, like, enjoyed them thoroughly. Oh, the last thing that I think I want to say on this is that Perrin acknowledges mentally that Rand is Shadow, Shadow Killer. Killer. Yeah, and he's, like, a man who the wolves hold in fear and awe, and this is his lifelong best friend. Like, I think I it's pretty cool. And very unfortunate that we haven't talked about it yet until now because it's come up in the Kinslayer's Dagger mm -hmm. chapter where they're like, I don't know, is it some type of fade or, you know, what is this shadow killer? Because yeah. I think Ingtar is like, well, I've heard some of the, you know, some of the names that people call fades or whatever. It sounds similar. And Karen's like, no, no, I don't think so. It's mm -hmm. someone that they, they're in awe of. And mm -hmm. it's Rand. It's Rand. That just has to be wild. And know? it's such a cool nickname. It is. Like, the wolves have the coolest names. They do. For was, other people. Like, I, I want to know what that. the wolves have names for the entire, like, main characters. We should come up with a what is your wolf name thing yeah okay that would I don't be know a fun video we, i don't know how we would do it but i think we need to do it what is your wolf name <laughs> mine would be falls ungracefully <laughs> it would be like uh, <laughs> i'm trying to think because of your dark hair it'd be like Aww. charcoal tumbler <laughs> I would like a coffee mug that says that. The charcoal tumbler. I meant not, I, I didn't want to give myself a wolf name. I meant like what the wolves would 
name other characters in right. the books. Like right. Nynaeve, like she who oh, bumped yeah, stick okay. angrily. <laughs> <laughs> like thumping she... snarl snarls McThumperton. <laughs> Snarls McThumperton. It fa- it sounds like it needs like a the third after it. Yes, you know Elaine no, would have something really about funny. her posture. I feel like like her nose up in the air. She who sniffs. A lot. <laughs> uh, the the mountain. I'm trying to think of like something high up. Mm. Okay. Regardless, so. The wolves who named Rand Shadow Killer. Perrin feels as though now that he knows this about Rand, Rand should know about his connection to the wolves. And like, it's only fair that he shares that with him, which I guess I get. But I think I just want to do it because it would make me feel better to know that somebody else knew, you know, somebody else that I felt I could trust with a secret. Like, I feel like I would rather have had that kind of an approach than it feel like he almost owes him information because Rand has shared information with him. I don't know. Maybe he's hoping to kind of like bridge the gap where Mm. like they've known about Rand being who he is since close to the beginning of the great hunt now. Mm -hmm. And there's something therapeutic about it. I feel Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just time. Yeah. Yeah. But I think so, that was... Oh. I, no, I was going to say, I think that's everything that I had from that particular chapter. We have our invitation that's going to get us into Lord Barthanus, Barthanus, whatever the fuck his name is. And that's, that's what happens for the next chapter, right? Go yes. to his house. Okay, cool. I'm done <laughs> with my chapter. Unless you had anything you wanted to add to it. No, I do not. Awesome. Dangerous Words, Chapter 32. So we are off to Lord Barthanus's manor. Rand is posing as a lord with a Shinaran escort, but Perrin stays behind for some reason. I don't know why. Varen just just tells him he's not needed. (laughs) Which is like... You're useless. Just stay here. You pick... Matt and Matt, like you pick Matt instead of Perrin, like Varen. Well, she said she says because he can sense the dagger. That's why they took Matt, and that's why Perrin stayed back. Like he didn't have a specific role to play, according to Varen, and so he stayed back. That's what I understood from the chapter. She has to know about Perrin's sensibility. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? So Rand is posing as a lord with his Shinaran escort. Matt will be playing his servant. Varen mm-hmm. will be playing herself. <laughs> Loyal will be playing himself. And Huron will sniff out the dark friends. Mm-hmm. They arrive and Barthanus's servants pretty much need to change their pants because, oh my god. Like, they see Rand and Varen rolling up, and they're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah, because they didn't didn't send any kind of notice to say that they were on the way. They hadn't accepted the invitation. They just showed up. Yeah, in the last chapter, he's like, well, shouldn't we, you know, let them know, like, Mm -hmm. what, what would be, what's the culture 
thing, cultured thing that we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And Varen's like, we'll just show up. <laughs> like, fuck them. Yeah. I love it. So do I. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm like, like shouting. This is, this is how we're going to get it. Yeah. So they arrive and all eyes seem to kind of linger on Rand sword, his sword, sword, sword. <laughs> his, his hair and marked blade. Mm-hmm. And again, like, I just feel like people are whispering. Like, it's, yeah. So Barthanis approaches Rand and he decides to use Varen's advice and kind of saunters about mm-hmm. via cats cross cats cat. Crosses the courtyard. Yes. Poof. Okay. <laughs> so Rand's sauntering about, and Barthanis just can't seem to get a read on him, and he seems a bit annoyed. So they talk about a few topics ranging from Galdrian's statue, mm-hmm. which makes Barthanis question him even more. Yep. Yeah. Rand's hair and marked blade comes up, which Rand then remarks, I am less than a year old, which confuses Barthanis again even yep. more because this is a borderlander culture thing to say that you are the age of how long you've had your sword yeah yeah so again like barthanis is just like he can't he just can't figure it out and it's great to read yeah so barthanis is like running things down is he an anderman is he a borderlander is he aiel is he a warder yeah (laughs) like it could really just be anything at this point yeah Rand leaves and he hears a familiar voice performing in another room and it is Tom. But before they can speak, three noblewomen throw themselves at our handsome sheep herder. The first is Elaine something or other, last name not important. And she's like, oh, I heard you play the flute. And then (laughs) is Belavere, last name not important. Also and then important. there's <laughs> Brianne Taberwin. And this one is kind of. Mm-hmm. But regardless, Rand spots Tom and kind of like goes and rescues himself from their unsubtle passes. Right. And Tom's like not wanting to get involved. And Rand's like, geez, like just chill out. I just need an excuse to get away from those women. Right. And as he's talking to Tom, Huron shows up with a distraction, and Rand's manservant has fallen and twisted his knee. <laughs> so Rand is like, I'll go check on the fool. And Tom's like, you play very well at being a lord, he says softly. Mm-hmm. But remembering this, Kyrianen may play Dustemar, but it was the White Tower that made the grain made the <laughs> made the graham great the graham graham <laughs> sean chen chips the great game and the graham <laughs> let me try that again you play very well at being a lord tom said softly but remember this kyrian and may play Deste mar but it was the white tower who made the game great in the first place watch yourself boy Right. And that ends that chapter. Yeah. My ass is falling asleep. (laughs) Does that mean we should do spoilers now? Spoilers. Hello, friends. It's time for a new ad. 
there's so much happening in the Wheel of Time world, and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. If you would like to help, rate us wherever you listen. This helps other people find the podcast. You can also join us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Help create the show by joining us on Patreon. We have four different tiers with perks ranging from shoutouts to bonus content to merch not found in our Threadless store. Speaking of the Threadless shop, it's absolutely bursting with beautiful Wheel of Time designs and various items to put them on. Need a Wolf Brother t-shirt? It's there. A first sister pin to send to your bestie? We've got them. How about a White Tower dropout sweatshirt? You know Amber made one. The point is, we love the Wheel of Time. You love the Wheel of Time. Go get some merch that shows it. You can find links for Patreon and our Threadless shop in our show notes. One last thing. You guys are the best. Your support means the world to us. Thank you for being the amazing people, humans, sentient creatures that you are and keeping us company on the road to Tarvalin. Okay, so I think we kind of answered this first one for for spoilers as far as like the like chapter 29, the Shantan goes where the White Cloaks on Almuth Plain are still under the direction of Joachim Caradin, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's... He's he's pretty much kind of like starting his own brigade now. Like mm-hmm. he's doing whatever he wants. It seems like uh actually not whatever he wants. Whatever he was possibly told by mm-hmm. his interview with Balzamon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he's just <laughs> carrying out orders and <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of like interviewer questions. Dark friend interview. What would you say are your best qualities? (laughs) Well, I don't mind killing people. Don't mind killing children. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Balzaman was like, that's all I needed to hear. (laughs) Perfect. You're perfect for the job. You're hired. Hired. Yeah. So, okay. So, Yakum Keridan is still in control of this group of questioners which of course is like creating conflict with the other group of white cloaks but one of the things that i'm i'm kind of wondering about is they are moving in the same direction in a way that the shanshan are it just feels as though like the white cloaks are moving along one side and the Shanchen are on the other and they're going to potentially kind of meet in the middle. And I'm I'm wondering because we find out like much later in the series that one of the Forsaken at least was messing around with things in Shanchen. So, is Yakum Caridan right now somehow connected to the Shanchen? Is he getting like Shadow Pal connected secrets and is he like trying to wipe out a bunch of white cloaks so that there are less white cloaks there for the last battle? Does he feel as though he might be brought into the Shanchen as, like, raised to the blood, if you will? Like, there's only so far he can go in the white cloaks, and he is a power-hungry individual. So how would he get raised to the blood? Like, what's... How would that work? Okay, so that's kind of... That's what I'm thinking is, like, if he approaches... Lord Taruk, let's say, 
and he makes some sort of plea to him and is like, I have this entire legion of white cloaks at your yeah like for himself as like as far as army but also to like to destroy because he's basically putting jeff from bornhold in the most vulnerable position he could possibly be for an attack so my guess Mm -hmm. would be that if this were a thing and of course this is all very hypothetical that he would be looking to be given a place of power among an empire that he sees as undefeatable you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i'm just thinking about the possibility of like if he actually tried it what would happen i think he would probably just get murdered that's a possibility they would be like how dare you think that our loyalty can be but but they kind of can be a yeah. little bit yeah so. like certain actions have rewards that allow people right. to be elevated and like the lady Suruth Suruth yeah Suroth, I so think. we also know that she's a dark friend so would there be an like a moment where she like stepped up and vouches for him and like says something like the best way to connect these lands is to raise people of the land to the blood kind of thing blah 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 there's only the only problem is that most dark friends don't know who the other dark friends are Mm -hmm. like when we have our shadow pal party they all wear disguises so they're all kind of given their own orders mm-hmm. and only Balzaman and the Dark One really know. Mm-hmm. I mean, is the is Balzaman even really talking to the Dark One or is he just doing his own you thing? You know, I Let's don't I don't honest. even know. Like it the thing about it that kind of had me going in that direction is more the fact that like there are so many connections that could possibly be underlying so many of the things that we read directly on the page. And the fact that you can go off in like this brain spiral of what if, like, because Mm -hmm. I feel like it does have like a plausibility to it just based on the way that like the dark friends behave and blah, 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 and Keridan being Keridan. But I mean, the fact that he's positioning those troops, Bornhold's troops for like, just slaughter is like something's happening he's looking to make something happen yeah um less fighting men in general Mm -hmm. is good overall for the shadow or the side of the shadow Mm -hmm. civil war is great if you've got people that hate each other they're not going to work together for tarm and gaiden yeah yeah i mean honestly the arrival of the shan chen should have been the big chance for the Westlands to get their shit together and work together. Oh, yeah, good point. When there's, like, this common threat, a common enemy. But there have already been so many dark friends infiltrated in certain other nations, high lords here, Barthanis there. It's just they're all over the place. They're in the White Tower. They all have their orders that they're working under. So it kind of just seems like cause as much chaos as possible. Mm-hmm. And by the time Tarman Gaiden shows up, hopefully the Westlands will be so broken yeah. that yeah. 
they won't be able to work together. Yeah. No, that's actually a really good point. Like destabilization of the current governments and to put them at places where they don't mm -hmm. trust each other. Like we know of the rivalries and contention between like various nations and whatnot. So, I mean, it, just, it really doesn't take much to like drive wedges further between the ability to cooperate with each other to work together like the thing about where the shanchen land like was it it's not it's on the west coast yeah. of the map. and is it the is it in tanchico i don't know ibudar maybe one of the cities that they end up taking over they had talked about it as a nation and they were like the it's where Thailand is queen. That's Abudar. Okay. So they were, like, it was commented that she was really only in control of the city and the rest of the nation just kind of did whatever the hell it wanted to do. So it was really easy for the Shan Chen to come in and be like, we have a huge force and you guys are a mess. So we're just going to clean this up and slap down our really strict rules. You're, and still, in, you're still, like, doing finger, like, quote, you're still in charge here? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're like... Say the uh, oaths and peace. Beslan is still considered... Like, he's made part of the blood in the way that Shanchen see each other. He's still given a position of high power. I love this whole... Okay, there's, like, the high blood, mm -hmm. and then there's, like, the blood. Mm -hmm. And with the high blood, it seems, like, a little bit more, like harder to navigate i guess but right. they kind of like give it out as a reward yeah kind of if, like oh yeah sure you, you can be the blood now like yeah no no big deal but you're not gonna become anyone who's like high enough to rule the nation and what is it really it's just a title and all yep. it does is allow you to treat the Other next people. person underneath you like dirt like there's exactly. really no there's nothing i don't know no i i get what you're saying i do like that's one of the things about the shanchen that i was i was trying to kind of not go too deep into the whole like they have slavery but they also have quote-unquote gender equality like i don't even know if it's so much the fact that it's gender equality as it is all out do what it takes to get to the top and they're or like you just... know what we need more female fascists you know like <laughs> equality yes <laughs> we've done it yes that's exactly what but you just yes you just said exactly what i was trying to like <laughs> mutter out like how is it a benefit how is it a benefit so anyway it's just the shanshan society more or less just kind of sucks as a culture introduced into a story fascinating as oh, a yeah. people awful yeah deplorable deplorable <laughs> like matt and his relationship with tuan disgusts me i hate it i, I hate, hate it as it. well i hate tuan like she's a, an amazing character to read lots of fun sometimes but but I kind of wish person, Matt, I I just off with her head. Just yes, I think it would have been so much better if Matt would have like 
executed her somehow or just assassinated her like i love you it could have been like a john snow and (laughs) daenerys Daenerys. yeah i love you queen yeah sorry you're crazy look at what you want to do like i just want (laughs) and then (laughs) and then the toraken grabs her in his arms and flies across the sea with her corpse off to Shanjen. <laughs> Rewrite done. <laughs> yeah, that part, like, I just don't see Matt aligning himself willingly with the Shanjen. He is all about a good time and freedom and not being in charge of anything. And now he's like, he's even the like, Empress? he's even like, yeah, even at the end of the book, he's like, Hey, Arthur Hawkwing, come talk get some sense into my lady. You right. know? Arthur Hawkwing hates Aes Sedai. He's probably like slap on the back, like, hey, Tuan, how's it going? Great job um, imprisoning a bunch of women. Like, keep it up. If Matt asks me about it, just like wink and like, just tell him I told yeah. you something yeah. that we're yeah. not, I'm not allowed to tell you. Like, what? Well, and this actually Keep up transitions. The good work. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so this transitions into something that I thought about while I was reading. So Matt blows the horn of Valir at the end of the book. And the horn of Valir calls the heroes, and Archer Hawkwing is one of the heroes. So he has been called forth to battle because the Shanchen are taking over. But the Shanchen are his fucking descendants. They are merely trying to continue the dream of Archer Hawkwing. So why wasn't he just like, you know what, guys? This is this is everything. This is everything I hoped could happen. They've made women who can channel weapons and they're controlled and they want to come through here and make the Westlands united and whole again. That's all I wanted my whole life. Good for them. I'm going to sit this one out. See ya. Why didn't that happen? Sorry. It broke there's, my brain there's a little. Too many, there's too many inconsistencies with the horn. But mm-hmm. you also sped through that so fast, I wasn't really able to grasp <laughs> most of it. So. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I still don't know what your point was. <laughs> my, po- my point is... Arthur Hawkwing is pulled for the battle against the Shanshan. But at this point, oh, okay. I thought you meant in the last battle, and that's oh, why no, I was confused. No. I mean at the the battle at the end of the Great Hunt. Like he's mm-hmm. he's called forth with the horn, and the reason why is that there is a fear that the Shanshan are just going to like sweep over the Westlands. Well, at then this point. maybe maybe it really. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it really doesn't maybe it's matter who they're fighting. Maybe if dark friends blew the horn, maybe they really would have to fight for the dark friends. Like, yeah, I know. It, like just, maybe I they like, don't have a choice. But can you imagine being like, "Damn it!" Looking around, like, "God damn right? it!" Well, and I, I actually was kind of curious about it, so I went and I looked to see kind of what Arthur Hawkwing's response is when he gets. He gets called from the horn and he basically like looks at Rand and is like, hey, Luce Theron, I fought 
by your side. I fought against you. I trust you to lead us in this battle. Where's the banner? Yeah, so, that's it. Yeah, it's he doesn't even. You got the banner. We're good to go. Yeah, like I tr- I trust you. So here we go. And I'm like, but these these are your descendants. They are doing what you would have wanted your descendants to be doing a thousand years later. And these and- dummy Shan Chen see their dead god king up in the sky fighting and they're like, huh, like, so he's fighting <laughs> against us. Well, that sucks. That's weird. Yeah. That's I mean, weird. Maybe they didn't have a maybe they didn't have a picture of him. They don't know what he looks like. Right? I don't they're know. not sure. They ha- they're the gleemen that have talked about <laughs> Arthur Hawkwing have failed to describe what he looks like properly somehow. <laughs> I mean, why I just why is Sean Chen becoming North Korea in my mind? Like, <laughs> you know, like I don't what what was the first yeah. Kim? I don't know. Uh, Kim Jong un? No, the very first. Oh, I have no idea. Well, yeah, that guy. Imagine if, like, <laughs> he comes down from the clouds, like, they're probably, like, waiting for the, as right? the, as the fairy tales go, and he starts fighting for <laughs> the Western, the Westerners. Right. Like, they, you know, like, you wouldn't scratch your head and be like, wait a minute. Damn it. Exactly. <laughs> like, Exactly. Like that, that was, I was like, wait, my brain is breaking around this. Plot hole. Why is this happening? Yeah, it just felt really weird. And I feel like it's try, it's, there's an attempt to kind of tie it up, if you will, in the whole, like, I, I fight on your side. I trust you to lead us into battle. Maybe he went after just the white cloaks and like decided (laughs) to leave the Sean Chen for everyone else. That's true. He was like, I just can't, guys. I can't. I actually kind of agree with them. I'm going to go for the white cloaks. I hate everything they stand for. See y'all. Like- yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like he would actually be pretty sympathetic to the white cloaks as well. Him hating channelers and all. Yeah. The white cloaks and the Shan Shen have more than plenty in common. Yeah, they do. Including a superiority complex. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other things that I had kind of like spoiler-ish for this, I touched on in our non-spoiler section without actually doing any spoilers. Oh, okay. Uh, mostly the Bale and Aginan moment of mm. the meeting, I think is, it took me a minute when I was reading it, and then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. As soon as they got, as soon as they, she took her helmet off and I was like, Oh, like it's, it's so cute. Wife. It's so disgusting. Right? <laughs> like, does this does this count as a meat cute? Yeah. I don't. F- it does really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just like she backhand meat- slaps him hard enough that he staggers. It's also um, like a good trope of like enemies to lovers. Does that really happen? I mean. Brigida and Geidel Kane hate each other every right. time they're reborn. Yeah. So, and they yeah. end up being together. Like the, Oh, you mean I in mean, real life? I mean in or? real life, yeah. <laughs> no. I'm like, usually if I hate somebody, I hate somebody. Like, it mm. would take a lot for me to go through, like, I, and really, 
I'm one of those terrible people that's like, if I've decided I don't like you, I just don't communicate with you at all. Like, I don't give you an opportunity to, like, prove yourself to me. Wait, you're a cancer too, right? Yep. Yeah, that's a... I mean, I don't believe in <laughs> horoscopes, but it is but said to be a cancer a cancer trait. Yeah, but I yeah, can see I, that. I, I I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah. oh, you spurned me. Yeah, done. What you're t- you're a terrible <laughs> person. Don't mind me as I like burn this bridge. It's yeah. fine with me. I'll move on and be. <laughs> fine so like this whole like i hate you and now i love you thing is really bizarre to me especially when i went in and was like reading because i just don't know if aginan and bale's story ever gets like anything more than kind of pieced out you know like you get a little bit of information here and there so when i was reading like the wikipedia stuff on aginan like she was getting ready to drop the bracelet and collar thing that would have worked on a male channeler and they came across a shanchen vessel and so then she was taken back to that vessel bill doman was made so jin so jean however you said it say it basically he's been made a slave property mm-hmm. and aginan now but, owns him but here's the thing so jen for him to be so jen is actually a higher position than he was as a merchant. So that is true. They that probably true. think that he should be grateful. Like, right? See, yeah. you're not a lowly merchant anymore. Like, but you are property. You know, like, and in Chan Chen world, that would be like a yippee kind mm-hmm. of moment. Like, they would be thrilled to be made sojin because of where it would stand in the hierarchy of things. Mm-hmm. What gets me is like here. Our very first meeting with Captain Ikinen, she is laser focused on advancement. You can feel it. She has a domine, and mostly that's reserved for the blood. Oh, In her how little far comet, she falls. She changes completely, mm-hmm. completely. She falls in love with her slave. They end up getting married. She, like, before that happens, she, like, releases. Women who can channel, like, she just changes so much, and I I love it, because it does give us that opportunity to see, like, the flaws of Sean Chen recognized and denied by somebody who had been, like, a hardcore believer in the system. Does that make sense? It does. It's just very unfortunate that someone like Tuan can't, won't, will not. Yeah, change. And how unfortunate that is that she's, I don't know, I love Matt, but I kind of feel like you don't marry a slaver. (laughs) Especially when your whole idea is about being free of things. Yeah. I, I I wonder if it was like some type of like Robert Jordan thinking that it's like a prank or something like... I will make him suffer somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know. I I would just much rather have had Matt be the one who's like leaving at the end of it, 
with like him lighting his pipe and going off and seeing the world and Rand well, being the one who's married we just, and we can just stuck. rewrite it. We can rewrite it so that he I want to. Yeah, that he just murders her and takes all of her money and changes Sean Chan forever. Right. And I've all... I've re I've rewritten things in my head. <laughs> all hail Emperor Matt. <laughs> yeah. I told you about my rewrite for chapter eight. Mm -hmm. I was so convinced Nynaeve was going to just punch Amelisa. Because let's be honest, Nynaeve (laughs) isn't afraid of physical (laughs) violence. Like, she will do it if necessary. So I thought, like, episode eight, I was like, is she going to smack her? Is she going to punch her? What is she going to do? And then I, I really thought that, like, since Egwene's thing is the student the learner that she would have like picked up on Amelisa and been watching the weaves and then he would just punch Amelisa and then the circle would snap to Egwene and then yep something happened and yeah but not not what happened they just should they should just ask us to help with writing I'm convinced (laughs) I'm convinced if if people want to hear part two of how I've re- <laughs> rewritten things in my head. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be fun to like go through the episodes and be like, I would have done this differently. This is how I would have made this better. And then we can send it to Rafe. I'm sure he'd appreciate no, a good critique, right? If, if you do something like that, then people will start oh, saying that you are haters. Yeah, I don't want that either. But I don't mind a good rewrite. Rewrite, yeah, yeah. Like, we we're rewriting Jordan right now, saying that Tuan gets her head cut off, and right, or just a knife in the gut. Well, Matt holds <laughs> what, her tenderly. Yeah. What I'm makes you a that. hater? Like how long after <laughs> the material is out can you do rewrites? And it's it's okay. Right, and it's okay. So yeah, I don't even. I have no idea what we're what's going on with my notes. We, yeah, I think I, I don't have anything more for chapter 29. So, Deste Mar, this chapter 30, this woman that's calling herself a reader when Kieran needs healing. Mm-hmm. So, as soon as she announces herself, Rand feels a shiver. Mm-hmm. And she's also mentioned at like eyeing Varen in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Do we think that the reader was channeling because Rand felt a shiver? I think it's a possibility. Or was it Varen? Like some, I think someone channeled in this group. I think I think Rand it was the felt reader. it. Because she Is it like possible that's how the fire was started. Like uh, like by channeling. Yeah. You or know, something happening. Like I don't know. Like. So this is this is what I put together like for just, uh, the fire fanning you know weaving a little <laughs> weaving a little wind to make yeah, the flames make it spark go. up some more so yeah. in in this chapter at the beginning of the chapter Rand spies a man wearing what had once been a fine Shinar and coat hanging out kind of outside the guard tower that he goes to yes every day yes and then he is being told obvious lies by whoever like this this clerk 
at the tower guard mm -hmm. is always mm -hmm. like, oh no, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything. And that guy that you mm -hmm. just said is behind me. is just not there. Mm -hmm. So not helpful. So he's being fed misinformation at this point. Mm -hmm. And then they go back and they find that the fire is at their end. And he, he comments, Trollocs wouldn't be able to make it in, but dark friends could. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just betting he was being watched and then they, they knew he would be gone. They go and they do the distraction of the fire. They take that out. Whether or not the reader had some part of it, it's a possibility, but I feel as though for sure, like this is all connected. Yeah. And Varen being black Aja herself, if she recognized someone channeling to perhaps make the fire bigger or keep going, keep lasting, she wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Right, yeah. And why would she in that moment, you know? Yeah, like, she can't out herself, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it just, like, kind of... No, I like that. I, I, when you caught that when I saw it in the notes, I was like, oh. Because, I mean, I know that... I know that Aes Sedai are, like, kind of always... <laughs> always looking for women who can channel so they can like bring them into the tower somehow but i'm gonna bet that this woman is probably far too old she brought in as like a novice and she's probably not strong strong enough like the white tower wants the women mm -hmm. they have to be a certain strength level um but the but also know that side Varen's of the like shadow smuggler of like getting people out of her um like out of the tower if she feels like they should be so Maybe she's not recognizing this woman's ability to channel out of an understanding of some kind mm -hmm. that, like, not every woman who channels needs to be connected to the tower. And if this woman has survived this long through being able to channel, she doesn't really need the instruction of the tower. Yeah, I don't see Varen stepping in for any reason. Yeah. But I also had the idea, is it perhaps Celine? But I don't Ooh. think that she, um, I don't think she would be there to start the fire. She wants the horn, she wants Rand to have the horn. Right. But is it possible that like Celine was doing a mask of mirrors and just like delved Rand or something real quick to make sure he's mm. okay? Like rushing mm. out of a burning building, like her disguise as an old woman or something? Maybe that is possible. Yeah. And she would be able to, like, mask her ability to channel. Right. Ooh. And she would be using the true power and not the one power. So I don't even know if that's something Varen would be able to notice. Sense. I mean, can't only... I don't know what the, um, what the turnaround is like if you're a channeler. If someone who channels the true power around you, can you tell... At all. I don't think that mm -hmm. there's anything that you can feel or see mm -hmm. or anything like that. Do the Forsaken use the true power all the time? Or do they only use it on limited occasions? Because that was one that I, like, I, I don't fully understand the difference between the one power and the true power. And when it gets used and when it doesn't get used. And dear Robert Jordan, why did you need to do that in the first place? Why was that necessary? <laughs> Just give us one power system. Yeah, like it just seems unnecessarily complicated. 
True Give Power, Wheel of Time, Detected. Mm. I don't know exactly what to Google here. I'll look at it later and yeah, see maybe. if something comes up and then next week. Can I was going to say, maybe we it. can just do like a, a something at some point on like the differences okay. and whatever. The Ooh, true power, something. the true power cannot be detected except by other wielders of the true power. Okay. But if she was delving him, mm-hmm. he would still feel it. I'm pretty sure because mm-hmm. when I think with healing, like just going back to the prologue of the Eye of the World, mm-hmm. when Alzaman heals Luz Theron. He feels something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So that would be my, my only guess. Yeah. I was just curious. Like, I, I know there are, like, some drawbacks to wielding the true power too often. And so, like, I just, I don't necessarily know, like, how it works and whatnot and who, like, uses it and how often. Um, but at the same time, like, the Forsaken are the Forsaken and they've been channeling forever and so like they know how to hide the fact that they can channel they know how to hide their weave so that nobody sees them but i think like what you said like rand would still feel the effect of it you know Mm -hmm. so i don't know that's like she was just checking his lungs like yeah are you much smoke inhalation (laughs) well and i mean maybe that's why varen didn't find anything when she went in to heal him right like he'd already been Healed, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's possible, yeah, it's possible, yeah. Interesting. So, Interesting. Before I forget, um, yeah, just a quote by Rand that I think is funny. Oh, okay, I don't want to forget this. Rand and Barthanus's back and forth was like theater for me, I yes. loved every second of it, yes, but. Is it just me or is probably every single person within the city right now guessing what Rand is up to? Because from everything that happened at the Defender of the Dragon Wall Inn to everything that happened in the guardhouse, mm-hmm. I think all of the nobles right mm-hmm. now are questioning what this weird outland lord is doing. And I think it's fun. Well, and I, one of them has got to have some sort of directive over the guard at the tower. Like, who is telling him to not give information to Rand? You know? A dark friend. Well, and that's like, I'm like, it's probably Barthenis. Like, I'm, yeah. I bet he's like, and that's why I'm like, maybe when Varen was whispering into this clerk's ear... It was somehow dark. Yeah. yeah. Like, P.S. I'm very good at flaying people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean. I have taken the three oaths, but, like. <laughs> I'm considering you a threat to my safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. There's also the comment that Rand makes where he says, I'm not Aiel, Lord Barthanis, and I'm not the royal of the royal line either. Where it's like, oh, 
You're both. <laughs> how you're about right. you're both? This isn't an either or situation. This yeah. is a you're both. Mm-hmm. You're both. This is wild. I love things like that. And actually, like the what is it in this chapter? This is the chapter with the fire, right? That's where we are. Because um... I'm pretty sure this is the one where Matt says something about how he's not he's not going to be at the last battle or something. And I think um, it's... this is the chapter with it, Lord Barthanus's um, manor. manor. Oh, OK, OK, OK. This is much further back than I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's okay. Um, it was just the observation that Matt was like, I don't really care so much about the Horn of Valir. It's not like I'm, I'm going to be fighting in the last battle or anything. And I always just kind of like, he's not wrong. He's not going to be just fighting. fighting yeah. <laughs> directing. Overseeing. Orchestrating. Yeah. yeah. Playing one of the largest roles required for the last battle. That's actually what you will be doing, Matt. I'm <laughs> real sorry to tell you. You're right. You're right. Sorry, Matram. Right? So that part just kind of like, oh, yeah. Matt. I had to go back and look up Brienne Taverwin. Mm-hmm. Did you see what I wrote here about no. her? So I couldn't figure out why the name sounded familiar. I felt uh-huh. like so I looked these women up. So she ends up becoming a Kyrianan civil war refugee, basically. Uh-huh. Um or not oh. civil war. A, a Kyrianan war refugee once, mm-hmm. you know, shit goes down. She ends up at the Queen's Blessing in Camelin, falls in love with Langwin, the one, the guard with the cat. Mind That's who blown. this is? Yeah. She ends up in Amador with Morgays and Posse leaves. So she goes out, she gets smuggled out with everyone in Sub and Balwer. She ends up with Perrin and leaves right before Malden. Uh-huh. Then she's captured by the Children of the Light and shows back up right around the same time where Gaze <gasps> reveals herself. That's as, wild. Right? And this, I... this little flirt is... Uh, my head. <laughs> I just so couldn't believe that. There's so many moments that. like that. No, I get it. Oh, wow. I totally forgot that she existed. And I mean, let's be honest, how many names are oh my God. thrown at a us? A million. A million. And I mean, one out of three of those women are going to show up later. That's right. just it. Is you just never really know who's going to show up again later. And I feel like sometimes it's easy to just like kind of gloss past certain characters as they get introduced because it's like i don't know if you're coming back or not should i be paying attention to this i have no idea and for the most part you if you're reading this book for the first time you can't just google it because spoilers everywhere that's why that wheel of time compendium app is so handy yes um, when I went into research Aginan, I was like, oh God, oh God, I hope nobody Googles her. Oh God. <laughs> like, it's like as soon as you see it. Yeah. It's like, uh, 
formerly of the Sean Chen, like just like everything about her just like laid right out there. I was like, oh, that's so brutal for new people. Like everything is there and I get it, but everything that's what, is there. The, the first person that I Googled was Egwene to see what like, I just wanted to see what she looked like, an artist rendition, rendition drawing something. Right. And it was like, Egwene Alvier, dead. dead. And I was like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> like, I this still... is obviously like very long before I knew that, you know. She was going I, to I didn't die. know any, yeah, I didn't know anybody who read the books. Right. I wasn't yeah. online, a part of any communities. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I had the same issue though. Like I did the same thing and with the same person and just sat and cried because I was like, "Who do I tell about this?" Like, I'm, no one's gonna understand. I mean, I was annoyed at the spoiler, but I'm not gonna lie and say that I was especially heartbroken over her death. I, I personally thought they did it really well. Like, I felt I felt as though it was almost like she had gone through so much. She had done so much. She was either on the path of becoming a tyrant or the best Amerlin ever. So... Well, I feel like every Amerlin has to be somewhat a little bit of a tyrant. It's true. Even yeah. Swan has to do some sneaky, Slightly. sneaky things. Yeah. So true. I mean, she just, it was just lucky that the Black Aja didn't know that she knew the prophecy. Otherwise, she would be, yeah, she'd, she'd be in the thick of it. Into the thick of it. <laughs> um, was that our last chapter? It was. And that's awesome. the last thing that I have written down. I don't just about really... our friend, Brianne Taberwin. Yeah, I feel as though I've had an opportunity to kind of talk about all of the things that I I really wanted to. You know who Wes Chatham would make a great character that's not Talmanas. Uh, Talmanas Lam Gwen and his cat. Ooh. Not nearly a large enough role, but but the physicality and gentleness of it. Yes, yeah. like. I could murder you, but I'm just going to sit here with a cat and watch the world go by. <laughs> I've had enough fighting for this I've had enough. <laughs> I think I want to be a here. professional cat tamer <laughs> and live out my days Ooh, with this can... ex-noble woman. <laughs> He'll go join uh, Val and Luca's menagerie with his trained cat posse. <laughs> I feel yes. like half of our Discord needs to join. Alan <laughs> Luca's cat taming society. Oh, that's a good idea. That can be a t-shirt. The Lamb Lamguin Cat Taming Society. Proud member of since 2022. 2022. <laughs> that so, would be pretty funny. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that's all I've got. Yeah, these were these were big chapters. I feel like there were a lot of like there was a lot of plot development and a lot of like, oh, this is coming up. And I I really enjoy this book. I love where we are. We're over the halfway mark, just a little past the halfway mark. So it's going to be so hard to be restrained to like just four chapters a week. It's like a diet. 
a book it makes diet. it you know what <laughs> it makes it hard for me to read knowing that i have to stop where i'm like yeah yeah and that i should be paying attention to certain things like i approach my reading for this so much differently than the way that i've been reading the expanse series you mm-hmm. start your next book you need to take a break so that I can catch up with you and then we can do there's no book club book club together. I really want to do that. If um, anyone wants to join our there's no book club book club, join our Discord. Yeah, we're going to be starting a channel. A new channel. There's no yeah. book club book club. Um I'm excited and we're doing the expanse where we've got Caliban's War to discuss i'll probably actually just go back through it and kind of like find some of like my favorite moments and things that people say and my visual like headcanon how it's a blend of like my imagination and the show like amos still looks like amos from the show there's just no there's no way i'm going to change that it's just it's too he does too good of a job of being Amos Naomi on the other hand I still when I read the books I still see book Amos who yeah. is kind of a ugly man gotcha gotcha <laughs> yeah I think they tried in like the first season to make him somehow slightly less, less. attractive less yeah. sexy yeah but then they got to like season three and they were like how do you feel about like your jumpsuit barely hanging on your hips while prax is taking care of you in the medical bay how do you feel about yeah he goes from just like this shaved head yeah. to like having like styled hair and, and like, like trimmed beard perfect perfect scruff constantly yeah and you're like why well, I mean, I'm not going to complain too hard about this change, but. <laughs> <laughs> sexy, sexy space people. Sexy, sexy space people. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to do this and to like talk about more books. I have a book that I'm going to read kind of in the in-between when I'm not reading Wheel of Time. That's a nonfiction about servants in the Edwardian period. Isn't that what everyone wants to read? <laughs> <laughs> Amber, would you like to read that one with me? Nope. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I will read something else. You know, it, I've been having, I've been wanting to start other books and I've been mm. holding myself back from doing that so that we can read them together because I love it. I feel like there's so many that I've started reading and now when I think back, I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have read that. I should have read it with Tracy. Anyways, let's make the a end. list. A list. Join our there Discord. There is no book club. There, join join our Discord if you would like to join the. There's no book club. Book club. God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but I love it. It's so perfect. Oh god. Okay. Okay. Thanks. All done. And goodbye. Good morning. Good evening. Good night. Whatever it is for you. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with more great hunt. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. 
You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin. 